Fizz. Fizz. Let's go. Hi. Are you there? Are you ready? Ready to be smarter about nutrition than ever before? Well, good. But before we get into the show, who am I and why should you listen to me? I'm Kelly Wilson, owner of FitFizzStudio.com, and I am a personal trainer, nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease educator, and I've worked in the health and fitness industry for over 25 years. I'm here to help you ditch the gimmicks, find strength through your struggles, give you knowledge for making the smartest choices for your own health, and to remind you to celebrate victory all along the way. The information shared is for educational and informational purposes only. Nothing should be interpreted as an intent to diagnose, treat, cure, heal, or prescribe. Today, we're focusing on the ditch the gimmicks part of things. And we've all seen news articles with headlines like, coconut oil will lower your cholesterol. Then a month later, there's another headline that says something like, coconut oil may be the leading cause of heart disease. I didn't really find those. I just made that up. But it doesn't get much more conflicting than that, right? And there are endless examples of this, which lead to mass confusion and mountains of misinformation surrounding nutrition. And the people who are likely to share and repost articles that with headlines like these are really just sharing a headline. They're not really sharing news because most people don't actually read the articles, just the headlines. And even if people did read the articles, the information is still, it can still be misleading at best or secretly sponsored by a company who is trying to profit from a certain food or product. And this is one big reason that we as consumers have to be smarter than the headlines. But why does it all have to be so confusing in the first place, right? Who can you trust? Well, question the source. Are they trying to sell you food, supplements, oils, medicine? I wouldn't trust news about nutrition from sources like those. I also would never trust Netflix, but more on that later. So if you ever start to feel frustrated or overwhelmed by nutrition, first of all, I want to remind you of two things. Number one, what is known about nutrition, even by the top experts anywhere, it is still in the infancy stages in the grand scheme of things, which is partly why there is so much conflicting information swirling around at this point in time. So imagine if there were a bell curve showing solid data on nutrition and what we've learned over since, since the beginning of time. It would probably be mostly a straight line and not even reach a steep incline until probably sometime in the mid 80s to 90s. And if I had to guess, it will that bell curve would remain in the steep incline of expert nutri- expert scientists learning new things about nutrition for I don't know, maybe the next 100 years or so before it begins to level off at all. We are like right in it now of expanding how much we actually know. As recently as 1842, it, so about 120 years ago, it was commonly believed that protein was the only nutrient. That's crazy, right? We know that's crazy now. Uh, vitamins were not even created until about 100 or 120 years ago. 
which is basically like yesterday, if you look at the entire timeline. And there are things that experts believed to be true just five or 10 years ago that we know now are not true. Look at smoking, for example. As recently as the 1980s, most people were really not that concerned with the negative health effects of smoking cigarettes. People smoked indoors. There was smoking in every restaurant. There were not even non, I I remember living in a time where there were not even non-smoking sections and people even used to smoke on airplanes and it was no big deal. The science simply wasn't strong enough at that time to convince the general public that it was bad for your health. And I even think that possibly five years from now, a lot more people will be thoroughly disgusted by anyone drinking or eating out of plastic dishes because the evidence on phthalates being carcinogenic is currently skyrocketing at this point in time that we live in now. Point number two, if you find it all to be really confusing to remind yourself of is it's great. It's actually a good thing if you find that you're skeptical or even even if you're just noticing that there is conflicting information out there. That means that you're being a critical thinker and not simply falling for every headline that gets thrown your way. So that's good if you do notice that there is conflicting information. When you read articles about nutrition where they state X and Y were discovered in a study, a good article will give you the source of the study. If you want to truly have an accurate takeaway from whatever it is that you're reading, go to that original source. Go to find that study. There is a good chance that the article left out significant factors of the study in order to either just keep it short or in order to turn the tables in their favor for whatever point it is that they're trying to make. It's actually very easy to turn the tables in favor of one thing or another with just about any topic, which is why a smart consumer won't give credibility to news outlets that are putting out articles about nutrition or fitness when they're making claims that sound drastic or too good to be true. Is anything drastic ever good when it comes to nutrition? That's pretty much a no. And if anything seems too good to be true, especially with nutrition and fitness, it probably is. But let's say that you do find an article with something related to nutrition and you do take the time to find, go to the website with the source of the study that they were getting their conclusions from. They're actually really counting on you to not invest that kind of time. And they know that most people won't go that far. So once again, that's why it's extremely easy for news outlets to make inaccurate claims. But one way to tell if a study is from a reputable source is if it comes from a website that starts with ncbi.nlm.nih.gov slash PubMed. This website is commonly referred to as just PubMed. And I will even go as far as to say that the information found on PubMed is more reliable than anything from the FDA, the CDC, or the WHO. CDC is the Centers for Disease Control and the WHO is the World Health Organization. Because the FDA, the CDC, and the WHO have agendas that don't always have accuracy or integrity at the forefront. And that is the harsh truth. And if if they do happen to have unbiased information, 
this is the website where they're getting it from. So the link for this site will be in the show notes as usual and on the website for this, ep- the web page for this episode. But if you ever do find yourself questioning something in regards to anything health-wise, health, disease, nutrition, any of those kinds of studies, go to this site and see for yourself what's true or what's not. Now, something to keep in mind, even with articles on PubMed, is that a lot of things relating to anything we put in our bodies, whether it's food or medicine, that stuff is not always tested on humans. So the studies that you're reading about might say, blah, 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 was tested on mice and it was found to have these results. Okay, so that does tell us something if it was tested on animals, but it's not a concrete answer for what it would do to humans. So why don't they test on humans? A lot of the time, many things cannot legally be tested on humans, especially if it's, you know, something we put into our bodies. Plus, not only that, but it's very hard to have controlled environments for studies with humans. Let's say someone wanted to do a study on the effects of a cold virus and treating it with mega doses of vitamin C on women over the age 50, over age 50. You can't lock all of these women in a room and make sure that they all eat the same thing, have mostly similar genetics, have the same stress level, have the same predisposed health conditions. They exercise the same, sleep the same, and even their comfort level with being part of the study would have to be the same. All of those factors are necessary in order to have conclusive results. So it's just not done. Or if it is done, there will always be factors beyond control that will unfortunately impact the outcome of the study. And also, so few people out in the real world will match the conditions of the study. So the outcome won't really mean a whole lot to the general population anyway. So if you look for the source of a study and it leads you to some other website, be highly, highly cautious of it. I wouldn't trust it. Unfortunately, people who have the purest intentions for valid nutrition research usually don't have the money that it takes to get it done. But who does have the money that it takes to get these get this type of research done? Billion dollar food companies do and pharmaceutical companies and supplement companies. So let's take Coke, for example. Of course, they have enough money to fund a study that would have an outcome that serves their best interest for the sale of their products. Or if they did fund a study and it comes back to show that things are not in their favor, they're definitely not going to pay anyone to publish it. And when they do put the information out in the media, do you think they let you know up front that it was funded by them? No. They don't. You would have to do some real digging in order to find that out because they want it to seem pure and unbiased. And things like this are done all the time by all sorts of companies in food industry, agriculture, supplements and pharmaceuticals. And this is a big way that the waters really get muddied with incorrect, inaccurate, bogus nutritional information. Now, another reason that nutrition can be confusing Calorie measures are not as precise as we'd like to believe that they are. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. So when a company tells you, let's say they're selling oranges and they say there are 50 calories in our oranges, 
that's just an average. I mean, think about it. If you're standing in the produce section and let's say you're about to pick out six oranges, they're not all going to be identical in size, right? They're just not going to be. So it should be common sense that they're not all going to contain exactly 50 calories. It's just an average. So if you're tracking macros and you go to enter one orange into an app like MyFitnessPal, you might want to say it was a small orange or maybe a medium orange to kind of get a little bit more accurate. But as a smart consumer, you have to be willing to accept that on any given day, the caloric content of any food might vary by as much as 20 to 25%. Some sources say that it can vary up to 30%. It's it's just not an accurate science at this point in time in the year 2020. I know some of you will hate that, but it's just something that you have to accept and to remember. That's just how it is with food. When people ask questions like, what are the best foods to help me lose 20 pounds? If there is anyone who can give you a simple answer to that, do not trust that person. Because any answer to the most common questions like these, it is going to be complex. I think this is one of the biggest things that people I talk to about nutrition need to remember because we are so vastly different, each one of us. This is also why I really have to bite my tongue a lot when I see people asking others, oh, what did you do to lose weight? As if they're finally about to hear some magic secret that they've been waiting for all their lives. What works perfectly or works well for one person does not mean it will work for their friend or their sister or their coworker or anyone. That's also why you don't hear me endorsing singular types of diets like AIP or vegan or carnivore or keto or paleo or Mediterranean. They're not right for everyone and each one has its benefits and each one absolutely does have their downfall in one way or another. Another reason that things get confusing, things get lost in translation. Now, if you go to PubMed, some of the articles are so scientific that they can be hard to follow. And who is it that takes complex information like what you might find on PubMed and turns it into articles? They are journalists. They are writers. They are bloggers. They are not scientists. So similar to when books get turned into movies, things get lost in translation, right? Well, the same thing happens when journalists who are not scientists take scientific information and make it easy to read for the general public. Sometimes important information's important pieces of information get left out on purpose or by accident. Hopefully it's whether it's on purpose or by accident, either way, it's just not good. Then there's also the fact that they might have to make the article fit into a certain amount of space, or it can only be so many words long. So it gets sent to an editor who is also not a scientist and maybe not interpreting what's the most important in an accurate way. And they might have to start hacking off parts of paragraphs in order to meet the requirements of the media company that is publishing it. And They know that people don't have a long attention span, so they might hack it down to only four or five paragraphs and things just easily get left out this way. In in the digital age, also editors and publishers, they also have to bend their information in order to meet 
uh, best practices of search engines in order to be found in the first place by having keywords in their headlines. So sometimes the headlines don't even really match what the content is about if you really pay attention. And truth of the matter is, boring headlines don't make money. Boring headlines don't grab attention. So they have to say something that twists the truth just a little bit in order to make you stop and pay attention. So if you want to be smarter, take a step back and pay attention to maybe larger patterns that start to appear. And then maybe see if these larger ideas maybe deserve some attention. Yes, nutrition can be really complicated, but at the same time, it doesn't have to be. Most people who are frustrated with their weight or their health have a lot of room to make massive improvements just by doing some basic things like eat more plants, eat less prepackaged foods, chew your food better in order to help with digestion, drink more water, and all of these basic things that you've heard a bazillion times. And those basic things probably won't ever change because we know those things definitely work for your health. Now, if you find yourself questioning some kind of information that you saw, ask yourself a few questions. Who was this study done on? What was their activity level? What was the state of their health to begin with? What was their overall dietary pattern before the study? What was the psychological state of the participants in the study? What's the goal that they're trying to accomplish with this study? Who is this study funded by? Do I see any other biases here? What kind of important information might be missing? So these are all valuable questions to ask before you believe any kind of headline about nutrition. Also, remember that knowledge is always evolving. The information on nutrition can get really messy really fast, just like babies can get really messy really fast. And we all know that nutrition is in its infancy stage. It is like a big messy baby. So. One more thing, check the dates on articles. And if there is no date, there's probably a reason that they're trying to hide it. I have a hard rule when I use search engines to try to find information. If it has to do with science or technology, I skip anything that's more than three or four years old. I look for the most recent dates and I skip anything that does not have a date. A lot of bloggers will purposely not date things in order to try to keep their content relevant. But don't fall for that for things like science and technology where the point in time really does matter. Like an article from 2013, I definitely wouldn't trust that. No way. That's too outdated for anything with science and technology. So if you found this interesting, please share it with a friend, subscribe and leave a quick rating or review for the show. It would really help me out. And a very special thank you to my current Patreon supporters, Elise V, Tracy D, Zach R, Wendy C, and Pamela P and Jaris H. I love you for listening and for caring about your health. And until next time, breathe, stay strong, and always celebrate victory. Celebrate victory. Thank <laughs> you.